Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Let's get into our teaching tonight. We're talking about relationships, and tonight we're going to be talking about intentional relationships. Everybody say intentional. Now, let's, let me just highlight just for a moment, just about two, two minutes, uh, a couple of things that we said last week, a few things that we said last week that are, that are really foundational. Managing the people God brings in and out of your life is vital to your well-being, to your sanity, and to your peace of mind, and to your progress. You've got to learn how to manage those, th- those people and peace. And there should be qualifications for anybody that comes into your life because they affect your life as much as anything else does, when it, especially when it concerns your future. Amen? Uh, we also said that access and levels are determined by information. Information is power, what, what you know and, and, and what people are allowed to access. Access and levels are determined by information. Information is power. Be discerning with how much you tell people they need to qualify for your trust. Not only that, but we said it is extremely important to define who belongs where in your life and what level of access do you want to give them. So those are just some things that we talked about last week. We talked about uh, uh, relationships that are chosen for you. In other words, there are places when you go to work, you don't get to pick who sits in the cubicle by you necessarily or who has the office by you or who your boss is. You don't get to pick who all your family members are. I mean, people get married. I know y'all didn't know that. But then when they get married, guess what? They have a husband or a wife, and, you know, I'm just saying, it's, it gets complicated. And so there are levels that you don't get to pick. We talked about that last week. Access it if you uh, uh, need to hear it again or if you haven't heard it. But tonight we want to talk about intentional relationships specifically. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians, the wrong people around you draw you away from God. Not only that, but the Scripture says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. That word for corrupt there, listen, means to waste, to shrivel, to wither, to spoil, to ruin, especially by moral influence. Deprave or destroy. Have you ever known anybody in your life that, man, their, their lives were great, they were doing good, things were going well, and then suddenly they got a wrong relationship started with somebody and their life took a downward spiral because of association. Well, association is important. And we have to be uh, especially aware of this when it comes to our intentional relationships. Uh, Intentional means that's a relationship, listen, that is initiated and developed with purpose. Deliberate steps and measured actions. And here's the thing. Sometimes you can do this by default. You're saying, well, I'm not really pursuing a relationship with them, but you start hanging out. And you start listening and you start reading and you start communicating. That is the first step. That may, It may not seem intentional, but it is intentional. 
even if it is something that you just naturally do. Always make certain that your intentional relationships are governed, first of all, by biblical convictions. How many believers am I talking to tonight? That's everybody. By biblical principles and the wisdom of God. Biblical wisdom is the ability to judge correctly and follow the best course of action based on knowledge, understanding, what's this, and spiritual intuition. There'll be times when something inside you as a believer is going off and saying, alert, 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 alert. Watch it. You know, be, be mindful here. Anybody, everybody's experienced that on some, on some level. Biblical wisdom is a path that has great rewards. It has blessing. It has favor. It has protection. It has long life. It has fulfillment. And in living in harmony with God. Listen to Proverbs 3. Happy is the man. How many of you want to be happy? Well, I do. Hey, I want to be happy. That's good. Happy's good. Happy's better than sad. Peace is better than strife and stress. And that's really what we want. We want peace. Happy is the man, of course, and that's generic. It can be man or woman. Happy is the person who finds wisdom and the person who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. Having wisdom in making decisions and finding and forming intentional relationships can add to your life. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Woo, I'd like that. Riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. I want everybody to say tonight, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord for, wisdom for wisdom in all my relationships. And you know, that's something, and I know many of you are, are in a season of life where you're praying for your kids, you're praying for your grandkids, you're praying for, for people in your family. Begin to release over them and say over them, God, I thank you that they have wisdom, that they have discernment that they make right decisions based on these things that we know are, are, are in the Scripture. Begin to pray that over them instead of saying, they are just the dumb. And here's, what, here's the temptation. You get frustrated. Anybody out there beside? Come on. I tell you, they make the stupidest decision. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. That's all they do. One bad decision after another. No, 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 no. It is so easy to just go off. And I understand the frustration. But what we've got to do is, in faith, begin to release over them. Father, I thank you that they make right decisions, that they walk in wisdom, that they walk in understanding. Oh, God, that there is something inside them, that, Lord, you live in them, and they are making decisions based on that spiritual intuition you have given them. And, Lord, they are not making wrong decisions. They're making right ones. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. Begin to release that over your family. Begin to release that over those that you are, that you are uh, praying for. Focus on developing, and here's, here's something that's important, and we're going to talk about two people tonight, and that's what I'm trying to head to. Focus on developing yourself. Amen. Developing your character. Yes. Developing who you are as a person.
for the right people that God has for you. And the wisdom principle is a principle that we need to be focused on. But listen to this. You are not so much in the business of finding the right people as you are in becoming the right person. As I become the person God intends for me to be, the right people will be attracted into my life and the wrong people will fall to the wayside. If your character is being conformed more and more into the image of Jesus, you become the right person for those who desires to connect to your life and you will desire the right people to be associated with. As you are changed, what's this? Your desires change. You know, it's, it, it, you can see this exemplified in people's lives. They, they come to know the Lord. They start getting in classes like these where there's serious discipleship going on. And then without being beat on and harped on and stomped on and kicked, they don't desire to do the things they used to do. Why? Because they're changing and their desires are changing. Can I get an amen in the house tonight? So, this is important. If your character is being conformed more and more and where you becoming like Jesus, you're going to attract the right people. Now, there here, you know, there's a lot of non-negotiables that ought to be uh, in, in, in intentional relationships. I just real quickly want to give you real five. These are, these are five non-negotiables. That if you want, and I'm not, I'm not just speaking about marriage. I'm talking about partnership in business, partnership in life, partnership in ministry, uh, people that you want to to get into your circle. Non-negotiables in a potential intentional relationship. Number one, respect authority. Number two, take responsibility. Take responsibility. The blunt. The blame game is the easiest game to play. Number three, make good decisions. I may not sound healed, but I am. Makes good decisions. Number four, serves others. And number five, commits to a local church. Now, those are just real basic, real simple, but yet they're so important. Uh... The right people will take you forward into your destiny. I said the right people will take you forward into your destiny. They will encourage that. And, you know, Abraham, watch this. If you were here Sunday, man, Lord of mercy. Mm. I brought it Sunday. I'm sorry. I just did. But I'm telling you, in Genesis 12, Abraham not only went from where he was into the promised land, Bobby. But some other folks were down for the were up for the journey with him. If he had the wrong people in his life, he could have been stagnated in a place where the promise of God was not going to be completely fulfilled. In other words, Abram comes in, God says, Go to Canaan. Sarah says, my family's here. I ain't leaving. Uh-oh. We got a crisis. She was down with 
the word from God. She was ready to go. But if you read it, not only her, but all of his servants, all of his business partners, they were ready to pick up and go as God had directed. Can I get an amen? That's how important the right people are. The wrong people erode your foundation. Listen to Psalms chapter 11, verse 3. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So let's talk now. We're talking about intentional relationships. Let's talk about, for just a moment, wrong intentional relationships. And let's look for a minute at the life of Samson. Now, when I start saying about Samson, you know what everybody thinks about? But as Paul Harvey used to say, we need to know the rest of the story. And very few people do know the rest of the story. Most of them are not familiar with it. I said Sunday, we are great in church at pointing out what people do wrong, and we're terrible at telling them and showing them why. Getting to the heart of the issue. There's a reason. There's a reason that Samson and Delilah got hooked up. Samson had a relationship that shaped his life before his relationship with Delilah. Judges chapter 14, let me read you a story. Are y'all all right tonight? And Samson's wife was given to his companion. I'm going to explain it when we, when we finish. Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. <laughs> Friends like that, you don't need enemies. After a while in the time of wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. And he said, let me go into my wife into her room. But her father would not permit him to go in. Let's keep going, I believe. Her father, uh, her father said, I really thought that you thoroughly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. And Samson said to them, This time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. Then Samson went and caught 300 foxes, took torches, turned the foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines, burned up both the shocks and the standing grain, as well as the vineyards and the olive groves. Now, here's what happened. If you go back and read, he fell in love with a Philistine girl against the wishes of his parents, against their instruction, against their, their opinions. And... While he was gone, his father-in-law gave his wife to somebody else. Let me just say this. We sometimes have the notion that if we love God, and, I know that, and, and we know that God loves us, that disappointment won't ever ring our doorbell. That's wrong. People will disappoint you. I said I got a bigger amen. I said people will disappoint you because disappointment 
is based on expectation. It's not based on knowledge. It's based on expectation. In other words, I expected this and I got this. Or I did expect this and I didn't get it. Or I, I knew this could possibly happen, but I never expected it could happen to me. Or I, I thought this might could happen, but I sure didn't think it happened now. And so we get in disappointment. We get disappointed. People will disappoint you. But here's a, here's a really important principle. You have to learn how to biblically manage disappointment in your life. Never make permanent decisions out of temporary disappointment. I'm going to let you think about that a minute. Never make permanent decisions out of temporary disappointment. Because in this case, what happened was there was an unquenchable anger that got birthed in Samson's heart. And he was fighting for all the wrong reasons. He was filled with rage. And he basically said, okay, from here on out, don't blame me for what happens to the Philistines. You better look out. I'm mad. I'm angry. I got a root of bitterness in me. And you better look out. I mean, can you imagine? First of all, how in the world do you catch 300 foxes? You got, some, you got something going on there. He was one bad dude. I'll say that. And then how do you tie their tails together and light them on fire? It's amazing. Just amazing. He basically said, don't blame me for what happens here on for the Philistines. He had his heart broken. And when you get your heart broken, your focus gets broken. And it all came out of disappointment. And so he began to get involved with prostitutes. He had a moment of pain that shaped his future. How many times can we look at our lives and find one moment of pain that shaped our future in ways that we wish it had not? But he never, listen, he never got over what happened with his first wife. He ended up with Delilah because he never got over what happened here. Making contemporary decisions from past pain brings trouble. And what doesn't get healed will kill. That's why it's important that we get it healed. That we get it ministered to. We have ministries here that help do that. Because what doesn't get healed has the potential to kill. It will kill the vision God has for you because the enemy will use past pain to distract you and anger begin to consume him. And here is the point. Do not marry, do not partner, do not get deeply involved in a relationship with someone who has deep-rooted, unresolved anger issues. Let me tell you why. You be living with one person and they be 10 other people in the house, you don't even know their name. You never heard of them. And now you, you're going to be living, with, instead of living with one person, you're going to be living with 10 or 15. 
Why are you mad at me? Well, you, she, they're not mad at you. He's not mad at you. There's anger issues that are going on, and you're living with a whole family you never even met. <laughs> Can anybody say amen? in the house tonight. We're talking about something only God can fix. And when they're still mad at somebody, like I said, there are people living in your house you don't even know. <laughs> well, Brother Scotty, what am I supposed to do? We're talking about intentional relationships. I got a word for you. Run, baby, run. <laughs> it's called the Joseph Principle. Come on, y'all lighten up a little bit tonight. Some of y'all are way too serious now. Boy, I'm going to end with something tonight that if you are easily offended, I got something for you tonight. In fact, I might give you 10 seconds to leave if you want to right before the end, but I'm going to, some of you will stay now for sure to the end because you just want to hear it. But I'm serious. The Joseph principle is called run. You never get so spiritual that there aren't some things that you run from. You're not bulletproof. You think you can handle all that? Paul said, listen, I keep my body. I, listen, I watch myself so that I don't end up in a situation like that. No matter how spiritual you are, there are some things that you, can, that you run from. You can't handle it. You've got to run from it. And the enemy's ultimate purpose is to use relationships to divert you from God's vision for your life. Ask yourself this question. When I'm in relationship, Whatever level it is, whether it's marriage, whether it's business, whether it's ministry, whatever it is, is this relationship with this person going to take me closer to my God-given vision or farther away from it? And honestly ask yourself and answer that question. He never got over her. And because of it, the Philistines were able to use it against him. And here's what happened. They said, hey, let's hook him up with Delilah because he's got, you know, he's got this thing going on. We'll take advantage of that and let's hook him up with Delilah and we'll find out his secret. And if you read through the whole story, don't have time to do it tonight. His heart was really with Delilah. I mean, he had a thing for her. His heart was with her, and so then, what's this, was his secret. If you don't want your secrets revealed, you better guard your heart. Ooh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm just, y'all are, I, but anyway, I hope y'all are just thinking with me tonight. Don't give your heart to everybody. There are places that they have to qualify to access. Your gift is for the masses. Your heart is for the few. See, I know some of you are saying, oh, well, are you saying don't minister to people? Not at all. Your gift is for everybody, but your heart is not for everybody. Amen. And so, it, and you know, I don't have to go with the rest of the story. We know how it ended up. God in his grace, you know, raised him up and redeemed him, but still, man. Now let's talk for just a few minutes. I'm going to try to get you out of here on time about the right intentional relationships. Everybody say Ruth. Ruth. Oh, this is awesome. Ruth in the Old Testament 
was probably at the lowest point in her life when she made a huge decision. I mean, a decision, and we're talking about intentional relationships. She made a decision that changed everything. She was at the lowest point in her life just before she met her Boaz. All the single ladies say Boaz. Uh, Got a few in here tonight. But now she had a lot working against her. She was a widow. She was a stranger in the land of Israel. And she was a Moabite. She was homeless and she was destitute. I, I mean, that's pretty bad. Some of us think we got it rough sometimes. And so she had a lot going against her. The Jews didn't like the Moabites. Anybody that was in my roof study, you know that they were forbidden to come into the temple even to the 10th generation. Yet Ruth chose to make the break from her past into a covenant, watch this, with the Hebrew God. Intentionally chose a relationship based on that covenant and thereby allowed God to direct her path. Who is our first and foremost intentional relationship supposed to be with? Seek first the kingdom of God and right standing with him and all these things shall be added unto you. Here it is, a beautiful portrait of a New Testament principle that is on display in her life as she says, I'm, 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 I'm committing to this. Because of her intentional decision to pursue the right relationships, her life was blessed beyond anything she could have made happen for herself. Let me read it to you in Ruth chapter 1. And of course, this is Ruth talking to Naomi and saying, times are tough, times are hard. Yeah, it's bad. But don't try to talk me into leaving you. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or turn your or turn back from following after you. She intentionally chose this relationship. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. This is how committed she was. Where you die, I'll die. And there I'll be buried. Boy, I'm telling you, she wasn't going back. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And when her mother-in-law saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Chapter 1 ends in Ruth, four chapters, powerful book. Boy, I love teaching that. That was so much fun. Chapter 1 ends with a total commitment to God by Ruth in a relationship that would take her where she could not take herself. Ruth said, your God will be my God. Watch this. It became personal. 
Here it is. I'm not just hooking up with you for what I can get out of you because right now there's nothing I can get out of you. That's the kind of people I want around. I don't want, hey, man, everybody's after you when you win the lottery. When you get to raise, when you get to promotion, when the business is doing good. Let the IRS show up. <laughs> Let the dog, I mean, you know, everything go wrong and then see. She had nothing to offer her, but she said, I'm, I want you to know something. I'm intentionally committing to you, but beyond that, I'm committing to your God. Your God will be my God. It became personal. I accept it for myself. She said, he is my God. And she said, I've got a new God. Watch this. I've got a new God and I've got a new people. God places us in family. God brings us into family. As we go after him, he opens up opportunities for us to become a part of a family. Ruth didn't realize it at the time, but when she said, I'm going to be part of your family, and when she said, I'm going to follow you, she was was opening herself to a whole new uh, uh, place of opportunity in her life. There is something working that she cannot see how it's going to work out. But she risked everything, putting herself out there as a foreigner. She risked rejection. She risked being left destitute and homeless and makes that decision, an intentional decision to go after the right relationships. How many of you know that God desires for people to move forward in their lives? If you want to keep moving forward in your life, keep making the right decisions on the relationships that you pursue. Because based on that, you'll either move forward, get stagnant, or go back. Amen. Thank you for that one amen back there. Thank God. But here it is. God wants you to move forward in your life. He doesn't want you to stay stuck in life, just hoping to hang on and suffer and make it to heaven. He wants us to be profitable and fruitful in this life. And that doesn't mean just material things. That means in my relationship. How many of you know families that got a lot of money and a lot of wealth, but there is hell in the the hallway in the home every time you turn around, and I, I wouldn't trade places with them for nothing. Prosperity is about more than finances. It's part of it. It's about more than that. And you know that if you've been here for any length of time at all. But here it is. When you choose God, when you choose those right relationships, all it takes, Bobby, is God putting you in front of the right person at the right time to turn everything around. Turn your whole life around. I'm talking about a 360. I'm talking about I'm moving on up to the east side. Some of y'all don't remember that. That was a show that the Jeffersons moved on up. That's all it takes. That decision to go after God, to go after the right intentional relationship. 
can align you to put you in place where you are at the right place at the right time at the right season. And somebody say, how come you get so lucky? Luck's got nothing to do with it. Whew, it's my God. Anything can happen because you know the rest of the story if you've been in on my teaching on Ruth. Boaz says, who is that over there? <laughs> and it had to be, Bobby, it had to be something more than just physical appearance. Come on now, ladies. What do you reckon you'd look like? Oh, Papa, why did I do that? Why did I do this? <laughs> Working out in the field, sweating all day, hot sun. If you've been to, over there in the Middle East with us, you know it's hot. In that dirt, dry, dusty climate, digging, picking up scraps. I mean, you ain't looking like, you know, the model off of the supermodel off of the front page of, or the movie stars that they do all this stuff on. Hey, there was an anointing on her life because she made a decision. I'm going to pursue the right God and I'm going to pursue the right relationships. And because of that, there was something about her. I don't know if she was glowing. I don't know what it was, if she had a halo around her head, but there was something going on in this woman's life that Boaz, the richest guy around, looks at her and says, who that? <laughs> Whatever the Hebrew of that is. <laughs> it led her to the man of her dreams to great favor. Boy, and I tell you what, you can take this and, and make it generic in the sense of whether it's a business partner, whether it's a business deal, whether it's a ministry deal, whether, you know, whatever's going on, that when you intentionally pursue God, you intentionally pursue the right relationships, that you are in line for the favor of God to find you. Amen. What did we say when we taught Ruth? Favor finds the faithful. Amen. Favor will find the faithful. But she found her Boaz. All right, if you are easily offended, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. I'm serious. If you can't take a little humor, uh, you, you can, I, somebody's looking around. I don't want him to think I can't. It's not going to bother me. I'm just saying, don't come to me later and say, I didn't warn you. Say, I've been warned. She found her Boaz. But Boaz has some relatives that you got to watch out for. You want, and even though these are funny, they got a lot of truth in them. Ruth patiently waited for her mate Boaz. But while you're waiting on your Boaz, don't settle for any of his relatives. Broke as. Lion ass. This podcast will be listened to, I promise you. <laughs> Cheating ass. Oh, Lord. Dumb ass. Drunk ass. 
Every lady in this house better amen this next one. Cheap ass. Good for nothing ass. Lazy ass. And especially his third cousin beating your ass. Somebody say a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But that's not all. Here's the last one. While you're waiting on your Boaz, make sure he respects your ass. <laughs> oh, stand up. Give God praise one time in the house and go to your small groups. I love you guys. You're the best. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.